0: Again, keep in mind, I would say keep in mind that that young man out there who is, he's in church, maybe he's young, got a young family, maybe he's just got married, maybe it's a teenager, but keep in mind that's who we're talking to. That's who we're trying to encourage. He's heard stuff about walking with God. He's heard stuff about being holy. Mm -hmm. What would that young man, young family man, need to know about these spiritual disciplines that could help him, you know, step up in his walk with God? Lord, we thank you again. We, we bring ourselves to you again. God, capture our hearts now. The task before us is a major one. The task before us is to do any and all that we can to encourage men to walk by faith in your will and reflect your image in this world. And our world desperately needs that. And we just want to be vessels that you can feel And that we can turn and pour out for for those men to be encouraged and helped. So guide our thinking, our our words today. Let the meditations of our heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. Our strength and our redeemer. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. In the heart of a champion, there is a fire.
1: And the flames are controlled. To be the best you can
0: Welcome back to the Code of Man podcast. This is Mike Overtrek-Barnett here in the undisclosed location of the Code of Man studios. And uh, we're joined today in the studio by some special guests. Of course, we have with us today our customary guy behind the controls. That's me, Corey Easy Target Cantrell. We also have some special first-time guests. We blindfolded them. Spun them around three times. Yes, they cannot tell you where they've been. But uh, we've got uh, Mike Van Horn and Charlie Russell. Mike Van Horn and Charlie Russell are with us in the studio today. Gentlemen, good to have you with us. Good to be here.
1: Wonderful opportunity. This Thank
2: you. Undisclosed <clears throat> location.
0: Well, we've been having a special conference here in which we invited uh, Mike Van Horn and Charlie Russell to come. They've been uh, participating in that and helping us this week. And the conference is has been called the Mystery of Godliness Conference. And it has been, really, including the Sunday of this week, it has been five days of meeting and and training sessions and teaching, more to the point of what we're going to talk about, learning how to practice spiritual disciplines that will help us in the pursuit of holiness in our life, how to walk with God. Now, holiness. We're going to talk today about becoming holy men. If I ask the question, what is holiness?, It will bring to mind different things for different people. A variety of thoughts come. You may think, well, holiness is a certain kind of dress and appearance. It's, you know, it's the way you cut your hair and the clothes you wear. Uh, Some people may think of here holiness. They think of a list of moral prohibitions. It is the, I, I don't do this and I don't do that and I don't go to these places and therefore I am holy. And then there are some people that might think holy means that you have reached this place of sinless perfection, but. As a core definition, that's not what holiness is. We want to explore that, that very definition today. But let me read a couple of scriptures that will set the stage for our discussion and then we'll bring you men into it. The Bible says in 1 Peter 1, verse 13 and 16, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. And men, that means in every aspect of our life. There's no aspect of our life in which holiness is not expected by God. And he goes on to say, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. And then I would just give you this one, 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 12 and 13. And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you, to the end In other words, for the purpose, he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. So, fellas, the purpose, Christ's purpose in our life as men of faith, as followers, is to establish us in holiness before God. There is an end that he has in mind for us. He wants to make us holy men so that's the basis of this conversation today you gentlemen work with on a regular basis men who have missed the mark okay men who have missed the mark and who got caught Mm. correct and there's there's no man in this room nor listening to this podcast that has that could say they've never missed the mark but some you work with men who legitimately they have they've gone down some bad roads many of them what I'm saying by that is your work with the men that are on that end of things gives a perspective to the guys that right now are, that are just trying to do it right. They just want to do it right. They don't want to go down the dark road at all. They want to stay in church. They want to be good employees on the job. They want to be good husbands and good fathers. So you bring a perspective to that that I think is important to this discussion. These practices, these spiritual disciplines that are biblical, and they are necessary, I think, to really grow in holiness. The Bible says we're to pursue holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. So there is a positional holiness that I have in Jesus Christ, but there is a practical holiness that I must pursue. And so we're just gonna go down the list and talk about these, these five things today. And let's just start with the subject, the overall subject of holiness itself. I mean, when you fellas hear the word holiness, what does it bring to mind to you?
2: When I hear the word holiness, it means uh, totally, completely set apart for the Lord, his purposes, his His design, his will for your life. I used the illustration uh, with a group of young people this past Sunday. Uh, our church building where I worship, you know, we don't lease it out on Saturday night for dances. We don't lease it out on Saturday night for uh, parties, that property is holy. It is totally set apart just for God. And that's the way we ought to be. And, I, and I, The root of holiness comes from totally separated unto the Lord, for the Lord.
1: When I think of the word holiness, I think of um, a man being able to be used of the Lord. Uh, we, we see in, in the book of 1st Peter according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Uh, I believe that when I think of somebody who is holy, I think of somebody who is ready uh, to enter into the battle.
0: Match those two together. Holiness is set apart. It's so you can be used by God. You're a a husband. You're a father. You are an employee. You are a member of a local fellowship of believers where you will have responsibilities and in all those roles, you are going to be called to be a leader at some level. Noah. Genesis 6 9 says, Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. Noah was a man's man, as they say.
1: Absolutely.
0: We don't know everything about him, but just consider what we do know. He was physically strong. I mean, this guy's building this gigantic ark, okay? The guy was, he was a worker, and he was mentally sharp. Imagine the architectural design that goes into building an ark that's going to house two of all these different animals. He was a success as a family man. You know, he led his wife and his children into salvation, into serving the Lord. But above it all, uh, the catalyst of all the other successes was that this man had an intimate walk with God. So it starts with the holiness, it starts with the walk with God, and then we are able to effectively bring others. God's using us to do something. Mm -hmm. Let's start with prayer. Scripturally, I mean, you know the Bible calls us to prayer. Old Testament, New Testament, it's all through there. We know that we're to be a praying people. How much trouble do people have with prayer? Big trouble. Seems like it's a big, from what
2: I hear, people struggle big time to have that daily time with the Lord because of the outward distractions job family uh, demands at the house and then once they get through that the inner distractions the 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 wandering thoughts the 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 ungodly thoughts that satan puts in your mind when you try to pray so yes the people i talk to tell me that is a huge struggle in their christian life a consistent daily
0: prayer time And and what do you do to, you you know, you're counseling with a young man who says, yeah, I want to pray, I want to have a good prayer life, but I'm having trouble. Number
2: one, I tell him, just like we've discussed this week, we're all beginners. When you're a beginner at anything, you're going to fail what you said about being tenacious. Mm -hmm. You don't give up. If you pray one day and you miss two, you go back and you try again. And, and, of course, I try to give them, hey, counsel, you know, that you need a place. It needs to be a systematic place, a systematic time. You know, the Bible says let all things be done decent and in order. You're not going to have a daily prayer time if you don't, if you don't plan it, if you don't organize it.
0: So, you know, something that brings to my mind, and I'm sure you men do this with others, but it's just inviting them to pray with you would be a helpful way. Yes. And if you're you're somebody that's struggling in this area of prayer, you know, get with somebody. And, and I think if we can invite people into that with us, it might help a lot.
1: A lot of times public prayers uh, uh, can be a performance as well as preaching. So we need to be very careful not to feel like in order for me to have a prayer life, I have to be able to speak to God eloquently uh, using the these and the thous, I've, um For me, I've found, for me, just as a practical working man, uh, growing to learn and love the Lord, I, I, I've found that it's a communication with Him, whether it's the minute I wake up, it's good morning, Lord. And I'm about to get into my car and drive, and I don't necessarily have to bow my head and and spend 15 minutes praying, I can just speak to him, Lord, I'm about to take off, would you just direct me? And and I think sometimes I'm I'm not saying taking away anything from the reverence of en- entering into the presence of the creator of the universe. But I do believe the more you come familiar with speaking with the Lord,
3: the easier it becomes,
1: inviting him into the simple things.
3: Sure. That kind of goes down to the train of thought that immediately came to my mind is... We have the responsibility to to clear up misconceptions of prayer. Mm. You know, I was taught prayer is conversing with God. And for the longest time, I thought, man, how do you talk to somebody that doesn't talk back? And then the other answer was, well, God speaks to us through through his word. That is what happens. But until you get down the road a little ways, it all feels very forced and very, very awkward and pressured. And what if I don't have the right things to say? Or what if I... What if I miss, all right, 6 o'clock was my dedicated time, but I overslept Mm -hmm. at 6.30, so did I miss my appointment with God? And deepening that understanding that that to abide and to live in prayer is just, it's a constant open line of communication, Mm -hmm. and it's not necessarily bringing God down to our level, but it is inviting God into every aspect of my life and talking to Him throughout my day. That's prayer life, and just clearing up that, Foolish and vain repetitions, and and going through, yeah, going down through the prayer list and the checklist of all that. Okay, did I pray the right way? It's just being open and transparent before God and presenting myself available to walk with Him throughout my day.
0: And I guess, like anything else, if you're going to learn to pray, you just got to start praying. What we're offering in this is take a little bit of the pressure off yourself. Understand, God desires to hear from you. God longs to hear from you, and a word to God is precious to him when it is offered in faith from your heart. Well, very very closely related to that would be the other another subject we've been talking about this week and teaching on and learning about and that is the subject of meditation. I will say to you, I think this one is so foreign, you know, for a couple of reasons. One, because we don't have a lot of deep think time anymore. The average person, the average man listening probably has very little silence in his life. And meditation is something that requires stillness and solitude. And so I think it's foreign for that reason. But I also would say, but like fasting, it is something that is just not taught. So you taught a lesson on meditation this week. And I tell you, probably, at least for me, it was the one that I heard the most response from people on.
2: What opened my eyes up to the whole concept of meditation is its definition uh, in its simple, simplest form in the, in the original Hebrew, it means to talk to yourself. It goes back, I started in, in my lesson in Ephesians, where it said, speaking to yourselves, speaking to yourselves, talking to yourselves in what? Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. So I believe it's uh, singing to yourselves, singing out loud. We've all been blessed by music. And when we hear it, even if it's coming out of our mouth, it's going to do a it's going to do a work in our heart. And then we talked about meditating in the scriptures, reading the scriptures out loud to yourself. And again, Romans said, faith comes by hearing. We see that in Psalm one. The psalm writer talked about meditating uh, in the scriptures day and night.
0: You mentioned something in in your lesson about learning the value of meditating on your life, communing with your own heart. Yes. And yes. and how that even helped you in dealing with some things in your life.
2: Absolutely. Not only are we too busy to get to know God in our culture, and I've talked about our church culture, we're too busy to get to know ourselves. Mm-hmm. And the psalm writer said commune, fellowship with your own heart upon your bed, which means in quiet, in solitude you know i grew up in a home where there was addiction there was a lot of dysfunction and it impacted my life and i'm and it's just been in recent years that that i've learned a lot of the way i think about things the way i view people a lot of my thought processes are a result of that and you can't fix something until you learn what the problem is and a lot of people they're not going to be able to fix themselves until they spend time with themselves talking to themselves about themselves in meditation.
0: We, uh, on a code backpacking trip back in the spring, uh, we took the guys down to uh, Linville Gorge area. And in the Linville Gorge wilderness, you can go down the trail and you can get down to where the river passes through. And we, we set up camp and then took, took the guys that were with us out. And, you know, I just told everybody, find a place somewhere we're going to spend an hour down here. And I'm thinking in terms of how meditation, how we do this in the practical ways and just spent time. And, and yes, I read and I prayed, but I also just sat and just let thoughts come. Now I heard probably as much positive feedback from that experience from the guys on a code trip as anything we've ever done. Mm-hmm.
3: To go into that particular time, we were we were challenged, I believe either right before we walked down to the river or perhaps in the van on the way to Linville Gorge, but in explaining that we were gonna have this time, the challenge was issued. Start off by asking God, God, what are you trying to speak to me? What what are you trying to make aware in my life that that I need to change? So as I went and I dedicated that time to the Lord and and asked him of that the thing that, the personally, the thing that was revealed in my life throughout the course of my reading and then through sitting there and pondering that thought was this subject of passivity, being, being a passive man, not necessarily being quick to engage, you know, and we've talked about this on another podcast, but about how I, by my nature, am more inclined to just kind of let everything play out, you know, don't want to ruffle any more feathers than necessary, and, and in all reality, it, it sounded, you know, kind of, Kind of sounds, you know, like, oh yeah, you know, I'm just taking this and I'm enduring this. But really, what it was was it was a it was a cowardice and a pride of not wanting to engage. And as I sat there by the river and pondered these thoughts and they began hitting and they began building up, and then throughout the course of my scripture reading, all of this stuff kind of showed that man, this is how this fact is impacting in so many other facets of my life. Mm -hmm. And that was literally meditation, it was what God
0: revealed. The, the holiness aspect of this is when a man can get in touch with what is going on in his own heart. Yes. And and that, because we are men of faith, we're going to, through that, look for God. Okay, I belong to him. I bear his image. Lord, what are you trying to say to me? Psalm 4610, be still and know yeah. that I am God. Spiritual disciplines are not going to happen. We were We were joking a little bit. Last night when we were talking about you know the books, and uh, Charlie was looking for a book on um, discipline. Discipline. And, and he's finding ones that are like six easy steps to discipline. It's like don't get that book. There are no easy steps to discipline. Be tenacious about it. Be tenacious in your prayer. And what seems awkward and uncomfortable when you begin trying will become easier and fruitful and it will become something that you will love to go back to now the next one on the list is fasting much like meditation not something that people and so Mike Van Horn you you've taught on fasting this week in this conference how does how does young men begin to practice this thing of fasting
1: fasting I had no idea how to fast I had no clue what the Bible had to say about it other than we're supposed to fast and I guess I really also didn't understand the power that was coupled with it. If I can put this in that uh, I did write a book, God's Approval of Your Ministry, and uh, you can go to the Rock of Ages website and purchase a copy of that um, if you'd like to get it. It was really an intense over 10 years worth of study on the topic. Uh, But for me, it, it came in my life when there was a seriousness involved of reaching the youth of America. And I was a young missionary, I was trying to do something great for God, operating on a a, uh, low budget, and I needed about $5,000 in order to get the equipment to make this happen in our public school ministry. And it was the Lord really just teaching me in my heart that if you'll fast, then I can help you with this. Now I would like to say this, but I've said it throughout the week teaching in no way when we fast, are we backing God into a corner to force him to answer our prayer requests the way we desire. Um, it really takes a strong man to come before God and admit that you're weak and that you admit that you need his help. And of course we know the apostle Paul said that when we admit we're weak, uh, Christ's strength will be made perfect and we'll have the power of God upon us. But fasting came for me as a discipline where I realized I could get both ears of God and he would hear and answer my prayers.
0: How about you gentlemen? do you have some experience or some practical things that you would say to someone who you know is that person? hey I you know what I've heard about this fasting thing but I don't how do I do it? I mean how, how have you guys? practice fasting in your life?
2: For the young man that's listening that, that, that's just starting out, maybe a young convert, I'm a firm believer in baby steps. I mean, there's not a crisis in your life that's backing you into a corner, but you want to get involved doing what the Bible says in fasting. Uh, start out fasting a meal. Maybe do it on a Saturday when you're not at work, and then Get through that, and then you can progress into fasting two meals, then a day, then two days, and so on. But but start out start out small, and then build upon that, and and do some study, and don't go into it ignorantly. Uh, understand what fasting is. Yeah, it's more it's more than just doing without a meal. Get you a a book. Again, I would recommend Brother Van Horn's book. Do some study and go into it with your eyes open, what you're doing, why you're doing it.
0: One, one of the key things about fasting that always comes to mind when I'm hearing it taught, I'm hearing it discussed, is, well, and really for all these practices, it's motive, Yes. right? It's yes. motive. Why are we doing this? And you said it today that it is, you know, if we do it just because somebody said we ought to do it, but we've not in ourselves connected it to an act of faith. It's just a religious exercise that won't benefit us. Motive is important, and I think motive drives method, Mm -hmm. right? So for me, when we talk about fasting, the motive is that I am surrendering something which is under normal circumstances, acceptable, fine, and okay for me to have, but i'm surrendering that so that i can make more space and time for god in my life. so there's the practicality of it i think in bringing in just the you know just the regular practice of fasting. it's not only just food and drink and meals, but it is you could be you could be giving up um, and enjoying uh, enjoy, a hobby you enjoy, you could be giving up a pastime, some leisure activity, but just something that allows you to give more of yourself to god is a good way to make this a discipline of your life.
1: One of the men in the church came to me, Brother Michael, and told me in preparation for this meeting, he's been fasting from Facebook for over two weeks. He is probably a much
0: healthier man.
1: Much healthier. Yes. Not to mention just spiritually, but the I'm not sure the exact word that I'm looking for. Your mind being garbled and attacked with so many different things of this mm-hmm. world, it can become such a great distraction that you don't even have time. Mm-hmm. To consider uh, any other spiritual discipline, uh, but the beauty of the beauty of fasting—not necessarily like because there's a crisis—but having a life of fasting where you have set a time aside uh, for many years. I fasted one day a week. It was starting on a particular time. I'd go a 24-hour period, and I did that because I I wanted God's power and God's strength in my life. So Jesus said, "It's." this kind cometh not but by prayer and fasting i believe he wanted us to have a life uh, a life where we've implemented a discipline such as this to draw close to him and to know that when the devil comes we're ready Mm
0: -hmm. so far in this discussion about pursuing holiness in our life drawing closer to god having more of god in our life and it's for by the way if we haven't said it, it's for every believer. Yes, it's absolutely. not just for, we got two missionaries here today, we've got pastors. It's not just for the pastors and missionaries. It is not just for the super select Christians. It's not just for the monks. This is something that God wants for all of us. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. So the prayer, the meditation, the fasting, the motive behind all of it is to give ourselves to God. I don't, I don't have it exactly right, but St. Augustine said, We must be emptied of that which fills us so that we may be filled with that which we are empty of. And the average person, they're full of themselves. Yes. They're full of the world, and they're empty of God. And if we're going we're going to have more of God, we've got to get the world out and the self out because your soul only has the capacity to hold so much. Mm-hmm. And that's what these practices are about. This is how we become holy men. Prayer, meditation, fasting. We've got another one. One more that we've been talking about this week. It is the spiritual discipline and practice of worship. Worship actually is focused mostly biblically around the music. What brings our heart to worship God? Look, I'm, I'm going to help some young guys out there. You've got preachers out there that will say things like this. You can stand up and wave your hands when they're singing the songs, but you sit there like a knot on a log in the preaching. Preachers, let me help you. They're listening to you. Yeah. Thank the Lord they're not waving their hands, running around, shouting, shouting, while you're preaching. They're locked in for instruction. Amen. I understand completely about the raising of the hands and the, the, the tears in the eyes during the songs because my heart has been moved to a closeness to God. And oh, by the way, now I do feel ready to get some instruction. Tell me about this God I love. I think music
3: has been one of the most overlooked and underutilized forms of genuine worship in the average Christian life. We've heard preaching on the right kind of music. We've heard preaching on the wrong kind of music. And we've heard bad preaching on these two topics. You know, we've heard the, bless God, if it's not amazing grace, you don't need to be listening to it, which sounds all fine, well, and good. But in so doing, it almost provides a sense of false spirituality of, okay, well, because I'm listening to the right kind of music, I'm godly. Well, that's not necessarily the case because if you're not listening to the right kind of music in the right way and for the right purpose, then all it is is the right kind of noise in the background. And music, when it is utilized the right way, when it is offered from a heart of praise to God and in in focus and in admiration of God, and it all of a sudden becomes a game changer throughout this day because we are bombarded with so much things screaming out everywhere to get our attention. And it is trying to capture our attention because it is wanting to direct our focus. So we as believers would be very foolish not to utilize a tool that God has given to us to recapture our focus, to hone our focus back on the Father, which ultimately is what worship is all about.
0: It is a way to light prayer. I mean, these things are all connected. It is a way to realign our heart with God and often has an effect when maybe the prayer isn't coming
3: yeah well a lot of times prayer is the result of me seeking after that alignment with god i believe you said that earlier this week that i pray with the mindset of i'm aligning my heart with god music is the language of the soul so when we have the right kind of music it will then be the expression of someone who has their heart aligned with god and as we pray to to get there we express through music that we are there, and it, it ties hand in hand, and is why it is so vital that we have the right kind of music.
0: Psalm 92, it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. You know, you're a young man, an older man, or whatever man in, in a stage of life, and you want to develop and cultivate holiness in your life. These are some things you're going to have to include. And really, it is the stuff in a lot of ways that you've heard all your life, but maybe never had it explained. And we can't explain it all in a podcast episode. But really, I mean, we all hear about prayer, but just learning that just to share your heart with God, present yourself to the Lord, meditation, spending time thinking on the things of God, meditate on the ways of God, meditate on the wonders of God, meditate on the Word of God, uh, and and then fasting, you know, just spending time with the Lord, cutting something out of my life so I've got some time for God, demonstrating to God my love for Him. Very realistic sense there. I mean, our children, when our children have sacrificed of themselves to be with us, and I know you guys got children that are already out of the house, you know, when they come by to visit and just spend time with you, that's got to mean something. Yes, it does. Right now I'm wondering if mine will come back and visit once they get out, but I guess they will, won't they? Will.
1: they? They'll, they'll, need
0: will. They'll, they will. they'll need something. They'll need something. money. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, imagine what it must do for the Lord when we practice these things to come and just spend time with Him, and, and then worship is a, is a key part of that. My last thought will be a quote by Thomas A. Kempis from The Imitation of Christ. He said, divest yourself of everything so that you can approach God with a pure heart. In your devotion, you will soon discover how sweet the Lord is. And that's what it's all about.
1: Amen. Well, I would say this. The the act of, of holiness and the mystery of godliness is allowing God to be God in your life. And as Major Ian Thomas would say in his book, The Mystery of Godliness, it's becoming a showcase for God. We're literally trying to get to the point in our lives where when somebody looks at us and our lives and our actions and our worship and our meditation and who we are, they will see God in it.
0: Right before we cue up the music and sign off, I just wanted to take a moment and say, you know what? We went on this little tiny miniature code adventure earlier in the week, and we did this epic. Mm -hmm. Epic. Epic. It was epic. Epic. It was strawberry
1: frappe frappe
0: charged, though. I just want to know. I mean, how did it feel to get out there and and do a code hike? Miserable. (laughs) (laughs) So, so the follow on is, when are you ready to go again?
2: Next year, when we have another.
0: Well, in honor of your participation in the outing and coming down and helping us with a podcast recording. I'm gonna make you fellas official card carrying members of the Code of Man. I've got a code of man member card for wow. each of you right here. Wonderful. And I'm, I'm gonna humbled. present that to you today and you can take that with you. Now and you got, here's the thing, you gotta have them on you. If you show up to a code event without your card, you can't get can't in. Go. Wow.
3: So Damn. let me know when you're ready to present those.
1: I'm humbled.
0: I've presented. Oh. Yeah. This is your cards right here. I'm presenting you with a code of man card boy if i would known known we were going to have that music i'd have planned a speech yeah. bake the cake but anyway uh,
2: thanks mom
0: so much for ceremony yeah so you'll get that Amen. later well until next time this is mike overtrek barnett saying happy trails to you brother mike van
1: horn saying go tell a sinner about the savior
2: brother charlie russell saying it's glad to be with you
3: and Corey Easy Target Cantrell saying good morning, good afternoon, and good night.
2: In the heart of a champion,
1: there is a fire, and the flames are controlled by a burning desire to be the best. you we